Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Um, you know, we will try to look at a couple of things, especially as Christians and as understanding what God intends to do with our life. Ephesians chapter 4, we would start off by, from here, Ephesians chapter 4, from verse 6. It says, one God, one Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. But to each one, grace has been given. So God is saying, everybody has grace as a portion to him by Christ. As a portion to him by Christ. And the Bible says that he, the, the, the Bible says that he, he said, he that ascended on high and, and, and took the captive also gave gifts to men. What is he that, what does he that ascended mean except he that descended lower to the lower regions of the heart? Now, what the Bible is saying here, first, is that this verse 9 is talking about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. So that means that at this point, before he began to talk about, he gave gifts to the church. That means that this thing, and we'll talk more about that, what he's talking about here is not applicable to people who have not yet come to the giving their life to Christ. Being saved. See, there are so many that we, we, we will look more into that. How Jesus was, there were certain things that Jesus was talking to general public, and there were certain things he was talking to few people. And so we will begin to see it and we'll see why God deals with things in this particular way. So we go on to verse 10, and it says, He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all heaven, than all heavens. He said, in order to fill the whole universe, Jesus himself gave, sorry, so Christ himself gave the apostles, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers to equip people for the Samson. We spoke about this last week. So that the body of Christ may be built up. Let's go on, please. Until we reach the unity of the in the faith. Now, please, it is not a unity of faith. Unity in the faith. It is totally different. It says, and in the knowledge of the Son of God, he will become mature, fully attaining towards the measure of fullness of Christ. So what is he saying? Is that the main aim of the church, the main aim of the responsibility of of a church is that after people have met Jesus, that was why he started from either ascended or so descended or things like that. If the responsibility is now to bring them to the full maturity stature of Christ. Please note here that it is not first the responsibility of a church or or, 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 or in this process that God is creating to bring you to become a pastor, a prophet, or no, it is not, that is, that is never the agenda. That is never the agenda. Because when Jesus said to us in Matthew chapter 28, 
He said to us, therefore, go into the world, make disciples of all nations. He did not say make pastors, make prophets, make teachers, make... Those things are never, it's never the agenda of God. The agenda of God is first of all to make disciples. He said, go and make disciples of nations. Baptize them in the, Holy, in the name of the Father, the Holy Spirit, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, after you do the ceremony of inviting them to Christ, he said, now it is now time to teach them. So that means that he's saying they have to go through a process. Because they gave their life to Christ does not mean they have to, they, that is the beginning. Then there has to be a process of bringing them into the teachings of what matters. So, what God told them to do was to raise disciples. The way by which God produces people is called discipleship. Now, discipleship is different from coaching. Discipleship is different from mentoring. Coaching is to give you a skill or to develop a, uh, what's it called? Plan. Develop something. Coach you into, into a particular thing. But discipleship is to give, bring it to, is to replicate a life inside of you. That is why Jesus, that's why you, we, we, will go, we will go and you begin to see what, see, that is why when you see Acts 36, the Bible says the word of God spread and the number of disciples increased in Jerusalem rapidly. The Bible now says a large number of priests. So, discipleship is not a question of I have been in ministry for a long time. What we are talking about, the Bible says even the priests became obedient. Please, not again. Defense. That means a way of life, a particular belief. They became obedient to it. So that this shows us here, what I'm trying to point out here is that you can, and we will look at it, you can, you can be quick to get into a lot of things. That does not mean you have been discipled. That does not mean you have been discipled. And discipleship is a lifetime journey. But you can get to a point where you, that's why Jesus said, make disciples. See, Jesus, you see, isn't it that Jesus did not say, does that mean you told that you can preach? But the, the last commission was, go and make disciples. Because he was leaving. So he said to them, go and talk. It is, this is not people who say, um, you know, I will give your life to Christ. It's okay. Uh, God bless you. And things like that. Yes. But you have not decided. They have not been decided. This is important even as we go on in this process. Mark chapter 3 verse 14. 
The Bible says when he, he said he appointed twelve that they might be with him and he might send them to preach. Please notice the order. The fourth priority is that they will first of all be with him. The second, and the Bible uses might, so that means that it is optional. But the most important priority first is that he has called you that you might first of all be with him. So the first priority is discipleship. Going through, and discipleship is not a class. We would explain to us, it is not a class. You don't do discipleship class. You can, you can, okay. You can do discipleship class. But discipleship goes beyond that. That is why you will see when um, Peter was saying, he says, he says that that which we had, when we're talking about this, that which we had, that is talking like I'm doing. That which we saw. That's why when we see Acts chapter 1, that's one point, um, um, uh, uh, Luke was talking right to Joseph, he said, I am writing to you all that Jesus said and did. So discipleship is beyond I am listening. Discipleship also means you need to see it in action. He said, he now will let, wait, sorry, I don't have a scripture. He said, he went later on and he said, that which we have seen, had, and we have held with our hand. So, this discipleship has to be demonstrated that you can touch. So, you cannot be discipled by somebody you don't see. This does not mean that Again, we have the. This does not mean that the person that discipling has also reached maturity that doesn't mean discipling. Okay, we'll get to that point. But the culture by which God raises people is one of those processes. Is this process? Sorry, is, is, is this process? Now. Most of the things that you see in the Bible that are like powerful teachings, for example, the Lord's Prayer, Jesus never taught. See, if you were in Jerusalem, if you have attended Jesus' conferences, you would never know anything about prayer. Because his priority was not to teach you to pray, his priority was to tell you to come to God. It was when, if you go to Luke chapter 11, the Bible says, <coughs> sorry, the Bible says that one day as he was praying in a certain place, when he finished praying, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John taught, so it seems like there was a difference between general ministration and discipling people. In fact, when you go home, you would see um, Matthew chapter 13. The Bible would say that it said, Jesus, then the disciples came to him and asked, 
Why do you speak to people in parables? Then he, he replied in verse 11, because the knowledge of the secrets of the of of the Lord has been given up, sorry, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you. Who are you that I was talking to? Disciples. To them that I just spoke to. So that means that there are certain things that you will never come into fullness in your Christian work except your disciples. We saw it again when Jesus was not talking about discipleship. And we will begin to point out the reason why Jesus was so particular about discipleship. Um, Luke chapter 14, verse 25. The Bible says, a large crowd were traveling with Jesus. So that means that Jesus was doing crusade. And there were so many people that came. After he had healed them, he had done everything for them. The Bible says, he said to them, he said, turning to, to death, he said, if any one of you, excuse me, they said in verse 25 that they were traveling with him. So Jesus said, no, <laughs> because you are coming, I am bringing you, things are happening in your life, that is not, <laughs> this is not what I'm talking about. He now said, if any one of you comes to me, must eat his father and mother and his wife, and he, he said, he said, yes, even his own life. Basically what he's saying is that you must be ready to deny yourself. He said, he said, such person cannot be my disciple. They can, you can be part of the crowd that is seeing the manifestations of God. But what Jesus is saying, you cannot be my disciple. He now began to say that he, when you go to verse, let's go on to verse 28. And I want you to begin to see why Jesus was particular about this. And this is, he says, this suppose one of you, why do I need a disciple? Suppose one of you wants to build a house. Would you not first sit down and estimate the cost and see if you have enough? Because the problem was that Jesus was saying, see, this crowd can start with me. But if I am going to complete something, I need to be sure of the quality and quantity of what I have. So Jesus was saying, see, he said, they will just laugh at you. Why? Because you will start something and you will not be able to finish. So Jesus was saying that, I have seen the crowd, but I need disciples that would give or else what I want to do, I will not be able to finish it. I will not be able to finish it. That's what Jesus was talking about. Now, one of the process, the issue around discipleship is that it begins to deal with things of maturity, how you grow as a Christian. God was saying something in my heart even as we were doing the worship. He said, he was saying, I said, the responsibility of people that have called in the church, the leadership of it, or whatever it is, is to prepare my bride. That is your major priority. Prepare the bride of Christ 
But he said to the lady, I said, but you remember, you cannot marry a bride that is not mature. Somebody can be born a bride, but they are not marriable until they are mature. So the focus of, in this case, is not giving them gifts. It is ensuring that they are maturing first. You read First Corinthians chapter chapter thirteen, sorry chapter three, where he says, "Brothers and sisters, I could not talk to you about as spiritual people." He says, "But only as worldly people." These are Christians. He said, "Dominated by human nature, mere infants in the new in the new in the new life." So that means that I see that you are old. I know that you are. Bishop, this and that. But in the new life, you are still whole. You are still young in Christ. I filled you with milk, not as solid food. For you are not able to receive it. Even though, even now, you are not still ready. Let's read it, please. It says you are still worthy, controlled by ordinary impulse of sinful capacity. For as long as jealousy, strife, discord is among you, you are, you are, you are, you are not. Uh, sorry, are you not unspiritual? Please excuse me. These are not definitions of. This is why, as far as discipleship is concerned, maturity is based on character and fruit. In the crowd, maturity is termed as I know what God is saying now. If you go by Paul's definition, you can imagine how many babies we have before God. Even between those who think. Now, this is one thing I want to also know is that God disciples every, God is the shepherd of all, but it is human beings that disciples human beings. When you read scripture, there is nobody that God himself came down and discipled. That's why Jesus told his disciples, go and raise disciples. And you see Galatians, and he said, it's a very, so, so Paul was talking in Galatians chapter 4 verse 19. He says, dear children, of whom I have, of, of, of whom I am again in great pains of childbirth, until Christ is Formed inside of you. Basically, what is saying that Christ is inside of you, but your body needs to now. My my focus is that Christ should be totally formed inside of you. I am not saying you are not born again. I am saying that there, you you are still you. This is I need. My job is to prepare you as a writer. Now you will see how the, 
This is where the order, and this is where God help us. This is where I would be going into a little bit of practicality as we start off at this level. So that you would understand clearly what the Bible refers to as discipleship and why it is important. How God makes his people. See, when Stephen, did you hear about, when you read about Stephen, the Bible says that when Stephen was um, um, serving food, the power of God was coming down. People were getting healed. So Stephen was an anointed man of God. But see how the apostles said this go and choose. Acts chapter 6 verse 3. He said, Therefore, brothers, choose among you seven men. First, before you talk about spiritual things or how gifted they are, he said they must be with good reputation. So that means that it is not I know my I know myself. It is that people can say that we can identify the fruits in the life of this person. He said, of godly character, men of godly character are moral integrity. Then they have to be full with the Holy Spirit. But the first criteria, criteria was these men they have to be people of godly character and moral integrity. What were they calling them to do? Distribute food. So as far as the church was concerned, as far as Paul was concerned, nobody, they never chose anyone to do anything for God except they have been sure that they have been properly disciples. I will show you the danger of what the concerns are in the heart of God. I will give you, I will use an illustration of a man called Moses. Moses was a boy that was raised, see, Egypt was like America. The most civilized, the most powerful nation in the world. And he was living in the White House. So, in all that process, he got a nudging. He knew that God had called him to deliver the people of Israel. So, Moses went because he was sure about what God was saying to him. He knew that he was anointed. So he went to the people of Israel and he began to, to fight for them. Then they now asked him a question, and that is where we are coming, we are, where we are going to. The people of Israel said, um, Acts chapter 7, he says, This same Moses was rejected with the words, Who made you ruler and judge? Who made you? We, we know that you are. The Bible says after this, what did you do? He ran into the wilderness. When you read Exodus, this is just a summary of it. 
he ran into the middle because when they asked him, who made you? What, who disabled you? How did you get to this position? Ah, most people have been saying, God called me. And I'm sure that God called me. The Bible also describes this process of discipleship for, for, in Hebrews 11. The Bible says, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the, as the son of daughter of him. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin. This is faith. The Bible says he regarded his grace for the sake of Christ greater than the values of churches of Egypt. Now, please, I want I will get there when we are talking about discipleship. Please, I want you to know that. Let me paint a picture of the of of, of Moses to you. So when they said, "Who made you?" He had to run. Because he had no answer. So when he got into the wilderness, he met the daughters of Jethro, seven beautiful women. This was a young man who had access to power and women. He was now in the wilderness. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 2, and this is where I want, this is how discipleship began for Moses. The Bible says, now a priest of Gideon had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill the troughs for, to, to water their father's flock. Shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses got up and rescued them and watered their flock. Now, this is a man that where he's living, have you watched those old kings and things like that? People bring water for him. Now, he's now the one not only fetching water for human beings, fetching water for animals. This was the same person that, remember the Bible says he chose. So he wasn't forced into it. Hebrews 11. He wasn't forced into it. It is something he chose. And this thing was dealing with character. We're not talking about any other thing. It's about character. So the man that would wake up in the morning and Moses in those days doesn't wake up by himself, you know. They will have to wake him up with music. And as he stands up, because he was the most powerful man in, in, in Egypt, aside from him. He now, God was not bringing him to his discipleship class. Do you know in those days, it was, you know, <laughs> to be fetching water for a woman is not, <laughs> it is, you know, it was men that was fetching water for them. Now he's now fetching water for women. 
We call Caiaphas understand it. And the Bible now said, if you go to verse um, um, Exodus chapter 2, verse 21, it says, Moses was content to dwell with the man, and he gave Moses his daughter, Zephora. What am I talking about? The Bible says Moses was happy. He was okay. In the process of discipleship, if your prayer point is still God, when are you going to open my own ministry? God, ah, God, I have tried enough. God, you are not, you are not in discipleship class. <laughs> you, you are not. The Bible says this man. Now remember that a young man between seven girls. God was taking you through the process of dealing how he deals with women, how he sees women. Remember Jacob? When God put him between women, oh. <laughs> he had to, you know. What am I trying to point out? See, these things are not, and I will explain, we will get to that point. See, it may not appear spiritual, but that is how God raises people. The Bible says then he was content. He was happy to stay there, to be serving them. This was the same man that was leading a nation. When the Bible says he was content, that means that you will never hear him say to Jethro, you know the life I was living before. You see, you see, see, I, oh God. I am just here because God has brought me here. If not for God, I will not be doing this. The Bible says he was, con he had enough, he was contented with that, with that mess. So as we begin to draw things out of the life of Moses, what, who the Bible calls one of the greatest men that God ever used. Please, if you look back a bit, Moses had God, that God was saying that he was going to lead people out of Israel. So he jumped into it. Now, when God began to deal with him, and take him through the school of discipleship. When God was testing if he was going to come out for the next level, the Bible says in Exodus chapter 4, verse 10, the Bible says, Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant. I have never been eloquent, neither in my past nor, nor, nor since I have spoken to your, um, I have spoken so, but since you have spoken to your servant, I am slow of speech and tongue. Excuse me, this was the same man that wanted to jump out of his feet. One of the ways you will know when somebody is fully is getting to a point of proper discipleship. You will ask them about ministry, they will run. You tell them, no, 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 I don't even think. This was the same person that was, they were saying, God has called you to come and eat this. They said, oh yes, we are uh, people of Egypt, um, um, Israel, come, come, let's, let, let's get this done, let's get this done, let's get this done. This is how you will know the difference between someone who is properly discipled. You would know how, see, 
you don't understand this before or until recently. When you go to Acts chapter 7, the Bible says Moses was educated in all wisdom of Egypt. He was powerful in speech and action. So how come Moses is now saying in Exodus to God that I am a stammer? Because when you are properly discipled well, you will realize that the only thing that you have going for you is God. They will not call you to preach. You say, okay, come on, let's go, let's have it. <laughs> that is saying, those, those words are not, it's not proper discipleship. They've not gone through any process at all. This process of discipleship is extremely important. See, after Moses now graduated, not graduated, moved to the next class. The Bible says that, you know, we went to Egypt, he brought them out and he said, now, his disciple, Jethro, now came to visit him. Exodus chapter 18. This was when they had left Egypt. <coughs> Sorry. The Bible says, says that, the Bible says that in Exodus chapter 18, it says, it says, so Moses went out to meet his father-in-law. He bowed down and kissed him. This is the man that is now controlling three million people. Men. So if you had women, it was about six or seven million. So you have a church of seven million members. The Bible says that, the Bible says, and they greeted each other. And they went to the tent. And Moses told his father-in-law about everything the Lord has done. So Moses told his father, I see what God did for us. He said, the Bible says, the Lord had gone to Pharaoh and the Egyptians and for Israel's sake and all the hardship they met along the way and how the Lord saved them. Let's read on. Then Jethro was delighted. Now see, when you see a proper disciple, even though he's only discipling one person, if the person he disciples is having impact on millions, they will still be excited. A proper disciple will not say, God, why did you not, why did you not use him? The Bible says now that and then that was delighted to hear about all of the good things the Lord has done for Israel and rescuing them from the hand of Egypt. He said, praise be to the Lord who rescued you from the hands of Egypt and Pharaoh and rescued, who rescued the people from the hand of, of, of Egyptians. Let me do it. He said, now I know that the Lord is greater than all other gods for, for he did this to those who should send Israel arrogantly. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought an offering before God and other sacrifice. And Aaron came with, with, with all the elders of Israel and he had meal with Moses. And, and sorry, Moses, the, the father-in-law in the presence of God. So basically, what he was so happy. Now, what happened tomorrow, the next morning, he now began to see some 
some issues with Moses. Let's, let's go to the next slide, please. He says, uh, verse 14, he says that, he says, he says when, when his father-in-law saw that all Moses was doing for the people of Israel, he said, what is this that you are doing? Basically, he said, somebody will say, excuse me, sir, do you know how big my ministry is? He said, no, no, he called it, what is this? This is, he said to them, so because of our time, he says, he says, basically, what he said to them, let's read on, let's go to the next slide, it's also because of our time. The, the Bible says that, he, he, he said, Moses facility, Moses father in law replied, what you are doing is not good. So no matter how the person that's been discipled has a ministry, has people of seven million, the disciple will still come and say, hey, 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 excuse me, sir, sit down there. So what am I trying to point out is that when you are being discipled, you never outgrow. You never outgrow it. And the Bible says Moses obeyed. Moses obeyed. Let me quickly turn to another lane as we just move this a bit forward. Numbers 11 and 16. Now, in this Numbers 11, so I'm giving, I'm giving us a story, I'm speaking sides of the life of Moses, that you can see the process. Moses was complaining before God. Ah, the, the problem of these people are too much. Am I the one that gave back to them? Why are you, why, why are they, you know, things like that? And God now said, okay, you know what, Moses? I will take out of your spirit and put upon 70 elders. And verse 25 says that what happened, as soon as that spirit came upon them, the Bible says they began to do what? Prophesy. But do you know the problem? The spirit came upon them, but they were not disciples at all. So what happened? Verse 12, chapter 12, Moses and Aaron and, uh, and Maria. <laughs> Moses, are you the only one that God speaks to here? What has happened? <laughs> you know, power has come. Power, power has already arrived. Anointing, they are functioning in anointing, but there is no discipleship. We don't have it all. When you go to Exodus, uh, sorry, Numbers 13, again another trouble. That's when they said, Moses, you cannot be telling us that uh, a place is good. Oh yeah, appoint two spies from each tribe. Let them go with us. Let them go and do. So it now became a democratic environment. Why? Because the anointing came on them. But they had no discipleship. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. Do you know that when these people were anointed, when they were prophesying, um, what's his name? Um, Joshua King. And Joshua said, Ah, these people are already speaking in tongues. Moses said, Don't worry. 
when God was going to appoint a leader, none of those 70 elders were just It was only Joshua who went through the process of discipleship that was appointed. Because when God, God knew that this was, they cannot, they cannot last. Because do you know that when they went to that places and when they brought bad reports, who were the people that, that spoke and said, no, we can conquer that land? Can you remember anybody? The people that spoke, when everybody said that the giants in Canaan, they cannot conquer it. There were only two people that spoke. Joshua, Joshua and Caleb. And Caleb. Please, where were the 70 elders? And he was only anointed. There was no proper discipleship at all. So what happened? They disappeared on the way. Let's just, let me show you an interesting one. Exodus 24. The Bible says Moses and Aaron and now and, and, and Habitun are the 70 elders of Israel. Now, these are people who the elders. The Bible says, and they saw God of Israel. Under his feet was like a pavement made of lapsi and lazuli, sorry, whatever that is. He said, and, and a bright blue sky. But the Lord did not raise his hand against them, the, against these leaders of Israel. That they saw the Lord and they hurt and drank because as far as they are concerned, they are happy to just hit. The anointing is flowing. People are read on just rest more. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to the mountain and stay here. Let them be eating. That's what they come to do. They, they, they are not disciplined in any way. The Bible says, it says, and I will give you tablets of stones, and stones with, with, with the law, and command and instruct them. And Moses set out, which Joshua is hid. Excuse me, where were these 70 others? They were eating. Because they were not disciples at all. There was no discipleship over their life. And what happened? They perished along with the total all of them in the wilderness. The only person that survived was Joshua and Caleb. Why? Because they they were properly discipled. That is why the key is not. I have, re I have received the calling of God. I am anointed. I hear God. See. I, have, I, I was talking to someone recently that was something that my dad was talking to. You know, we had something. Something. People that were in trance, and they were not wrong. They spoke, they had, they, they had, I asked the question, and they said, Yes, this is what you should do. This is what you should do. This is what you should do. And my dad came and I said, Don't do it. Sit down. It was after three years or so that I knew that he was right. When I spoke to him, he said, no, those prophets were, were, were the right. See, it is until you have a disciple on, on, over you. See, when these people say, excuse me, see, I was just in my room. The anointing just fell and we began to prophesy. We are the prophets of God. 
Joshua did not speak a tongue. The boy said, Sit down. Sit down. Don't worry. Let them be. <laughs> you know? Let this anointing be flowing. He would go nowhere. A disciple, even when you think you are hearing God clearly, a disciple will tell you, No, sit down. And the question is that, am I going to be contented the way Moses was? God is, see, this is the process by which God raises people that last with him. He said, the problem about discipleship is not starting, but I can, but you will not be able to hang because, see, that is why Joshua outlasted all of those elders. Why? Because, you know, <laughs> you can't even, you know, they were the ones sitting in judgment. Why was Joshua sitting? The Bible will say that when Moses is going somewhere, Joshua was going. Now, I would hand it this way. Joshua never had an intention in his mind to lead. That was never his focus. All he was doing in his life was helping Moses. It was God that told Moses, take Joshua, go and Anyone that is still seeing, if you are still thinking in your mind, Maybe you had a dream and God showed you something and you talked about it. Sir and ma'am, you need to go through proper discipline because that dream needs to die. That was what happened to Moses. Until God now officially, now test him again. That's ah, sir, I don't want this to be God said, okay, this is what we're talking about. That I said, God, God spoke me yes, I believe, I receive it. And God said, ah, this one, this one is not, this one is not proper disciple. This one is not disciple yet. This one is not yet. When, when, let us go, let him go through process. We will ask him the same question again and see whether he, he will answer it. When Peter met Jesus, when, uh, when Peter was talking, when Jesus was talking to Peter, Jesus said, uh, Peter said, I will cut off the hair. Whoever is out, ah, he has not seen proper working. By the time God finished with him, God said, you will see my started crying. Because discipleship would bring out everything that is not of God. The challenges we are having now is that we don't have disciples today. God is trying to raise something that can last. And if today, please, I'm using that as just from the scripture that we read. If today everybody around you is speaking in tongues, they are the one that everybody is going to see and seek for guidance. And you are sitting down with Moses. God hasn't forgotten you. Can you imagine that when the elders were sitting down and um, uh, Joshua came, get 
to. I know what God is speaking about. You want to say the most important thing to sit down. Sit down. Let's let the elders of God speak. But Moses, we're going nowhere. Lamentations chapter three, as we heard some of the time. The Bible says, the Lamentations. Sure. Can somebody read Lamentations for us, please? Lamentations chapter three, from verse twenty-seven. Then we'll go into our prayers. From verse twenty-seven. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. It is good that a man bears his yoke. It did not say they will force it on him. It said it is good that the man bears his yoke when he is young. Yes, sir. He sits alone and keeps silent. He sits alone and keeps silent. Come on. Because he has borne it upon him. Because the Lord has borne it upon him. Yes, sir. Puts his mouth in the dust. Yes. If so, be there may be hope. If so, there may be hope for him. That means that God is saying, see, if you don't sit down, this is the process. If there will be any kind of hope. Yes. He gives his cheek to him that smites him. He, he will give his cheek to him that will smite him. Smack him. Yes. He is filled full with reproach. Yes. For the Lord will not cast off forever. For the Lord will not abandon him forever. He looks like, ah, when would this, when would my God say, no, sit down. God is inviting every one of us into a life of being disciples. A life of being disciples. But if you have not first of all understood that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, if you are not accepted that he was buried and is resurrected for your salvation, you have no business with discipleship. You are still among the crowd. But once you begin to make that step, it is required by God that for anyone to become anything, they must be properly discipled. And discipleship is never forced on people. You would only, and at every time, Jesus even asked his disciples, when the Bible said what they were teaching was too hard, Jesus said, do you also want to go? So this, a proper discipleship will always give you an option to relieve yourself and go and do your own. Tell us what's going
saw the crowd following. Then he gave the invitation. Do you want to leave the crowd and be decided? Discipleship is not the place where you have opinions. Discipleship is the place where God is dealing with everything that you do not even think you have. And I think you should be asking God yourself. If you want to last with Him, if there's anything you want to do that would, that would, I'm not saying you are not starting. Lord, I commit myself to be discipled. of me that's holding back from being discipled. Lord, I beg of you, begin to deal with it for me. See, this may this may look like see, that's what I say. See, it is not a question that I am hearing God. God is speaking to me. I know what God is saying. If you are not properly discipled, you are not saying you are not here, but your, your distance to God is very short. Lord, I commit myself before you to be properly discipled. Some of us have not been discipled that is why there are so many issues flying there and there. I have had of pastors by God's grace who have now, after even though they are pastoring a large church, they submitted themselves to discipleship. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.